good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. Today, today is the 6th of March, year of our Lord, 2023. Welcome to yet another edition of the Blood and Cardigan Show presented by The Athletic. I'm, of course, joined by the on again, off again, man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic. Hey, James, hey, Pistons have been playing some lottery-winning basketball <laughs> as of late. There's a see that you see the positive spin that I put on that. Yeah, That's that why good. I wanted to go to Iowa State, be a cyclone because I can put some spins on things. You know, that's as bad as the toaster thing. But yeah, I've had you know I, I, mean, I didn't even tell you I had I've had people ask me about the toasters thing. Really? Yeah, like In two what or three capacity. People. What the hell was Nick talking about? He has <laughs> toasters. It didn't work. I tried to make it happen and it didn't work. It did and not. I was, I was, I was chewing on the Iowa State bit all day too. So I mean, that was all right. That was like be- that. that was better than the toasters, but I could have teed it up a little bit better than I did. I kind of forced it. Be- could have made it a little more organic. You're better at. You're better than you've let on. You know, James, we had a review on Apple a few weeks ago that said, "I wish that sometimes they would spend a little bit longer talking about." everything else that's going on in the league because at the end of the day this is a pistons podcast but i figure last week we started by doing a damian lillard spiel do you want to start by doing a quick five on john morant or no you want to pass on this uh seems topical i mean what is there to say other than i hope he gets help and gets it i hope he gets it together I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, we can, I mean, if you have thoughts, go ahead. My only thing, which is, I I guess the irony here is quite palpable that I even am about to say this and then led with the fact we should talk about John Morant. My only thing is like, is this really the time for people to flood the town square and have this public Dr. Phil episode about a guy that most of us don't even know. Most of us have no idea what's going on or, or anything behind the scenes or who has talked to him, who has not tried to get through to him, stuff like that. But everybody is making certain assumptions about what's going on in his life that he's acting out in this way. I think that's kind of weird. Eh, I tend to agree with you, but not when it comes to this. Uh, I think his actions are... I think he, because so many people care about him and see such a bright future that they don't want anything to happen to him and he is in a situation it appears where the things that are going on in his life are self-induced it's not like he's a right. target or anything and i think that's the that's the issue um it seems far more and again i'm i'm speaking with pretty much the same type the same information that everybody else has nothing nothing extra or behind the scenes it just seems like a guy who is very uh, very much trying to portray an image, whether it gets out publicly or not, that he, one, doesn't need to, and two, uh, probably doesn't doesn't actually s- suit him. So, uh, yeah, I just think, I think it's more so people care about Ja and want him to play basketball and not be yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not talking about, any of that of course everybody's rooting for him and everybody wants him to get through this and 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 see the other side of it my point is that everybody making assumptions about whether it's people in his inner circle oh how is this he has such a good relationship with his dad and his dad oh yeah that that part i don't yeah that's what i don't like yeah i don't like people assuming that like when you see his dad's got to say something like how do you know yeah how do you know his dad hasn't at a point he's grown up 
he's grown. He's got to do. He's got to handle his own business at a point. I would imagine people have talked to him. Like you, yeah. To assume that he hasn't is, uh, I don't think anybody's place. Yeah, and that's that's what I meant by this public Dr. Phil episode, where everybody's making assumptions about maybe it has something to do with his upbringing. Maybe it has something to do with his inner circle. You know, maybe it's the fact that he's in Memphis. Those takes are insane. I just think that for the the this rhetoric for the sake of having rhetoric is pretty frustrating. But of course, um, everybody's rooting for him. Now, what I will say, man, that was a tough day for the Grizzlies because you had then you had um, Brandon Clark out for the season. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And then you had, was it Dylan Brooks getting suspended? Yeah, because he got 16 tech, techs. That one's not as bad. That's just kind of this. this I just kinda, don't. It's also, I don't. If I just, I like watching the Grizzlies, and I don't like watching Dylan Brooks. So if I get a game of Grizzlies <laughs> without Dylan Brooks, sign me up. James is going to be front row for that one. You know, there's also some irony in Dylan Brooks hating Draymond Green and talking about how much he hates Draymond Green when, like, the only player in the last like ten years who gets suspended because they have too many technicals is Draymond Green. <laughs> yeah. So it's like Spider Man pointing meme. Except it's the same picture. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Except the other Spider Man is uh, not a Hall of Famer and far less decorated and uh, has not done nearly as much as the person he's pointing at. But yeah. Off the top of my head, best Oregon basketball player of all time, Dylan Brooks. Surely that's not true. No. There has to be somebody else. Uh, I mean, just off the top of my head, I know I'm going to miss people, especially like older people, like Aaron Brooks. Aaron Brooks? I did not know that he went to Oregon. Yeah. See, there we go. Aaron Brooks. Um, Is Aaron Brooks better than Dylan Brooks? I mean, Aaron Brooks won a – was it rookie of the year or sixth man of the year? I was going to say he might have won sixth man. I think it was that might I thought sound he won right. rookie of the year. Um, I'm pretty sure. It's who's, I'm trying to think who else. I feel like we're missing a very. Um, the only name that came to mind was Dennis Dixon. That's the wrong sport. Shout out to Dennis Dixon. Shout out to oh Terrell Brandon. Uh, mm. I don't know if people remember him, but Terrell Brandon was nice. Uh, is Chris Duarte it, went there? But I would. Oh, duh. I would say Dylan Brooks is better. Uh, is Dylan is just speaking on Oregon alum? Is Dylan Brooks a better athlete? Is he better at what he does than Joey Harrington was better at playing quarterback? Yeah. Who's better? Unfortunately, Dylan Brooks. Why are you doing that to people? I did. What do you mean? Why am I? I'm not. I'm not setting anybody up to get hated on here. You want me to do a Nick Nurse segment really quick? No, but just reminding people of Joey Harrington just isn't very nice. Oh, I guess that is pretty pretty not nice. So while we track back towards talking about the Pistons, I want to point this out really quick. Um, the next time that we release a podcast, it will be your birthday, James Edwards III of The Athletic. That's impressive that you know that because I haven't even mentioned that to you. You're my guy. Of course I know when That's your cool. birthday is. That's nice of you. It's also it's, a, it's easy for me to remember because it's March 14th. Sealed and signed, she's not my lover like Killy Jean, Billie Jean, but the kid is yeah, mine. That's right. I you know what I mean? You, I, feel, I forgot that that's your favorite Drake song, yes. So it's easy. It's really easy for me to remember. But also, of course, you're my friend. Of course, I'm going to remember that. The only reason I'm bringing this up is because you and Marvin Bagley share a birthday. We do. And I remember this This was a topic of discussion when Marvin Bagley was on the Kings, and it was something for your birthday. And we were talking about how like you share a birthday with Steph Curry and, and Simone Biles and all these cool people. Albert Marvin Einstein. Marvin Bagley got... 
and Albert Einstein. All these cool people got thrown into the mix, and then it was like, hey, also, King's legend Marvin Bagley shares a birthday. So my question to you is, like, are you guys going to have, like, a tea party or something? Like, what are you guys going to do? Well, I'll ask Marv next time I see him what he, what his plans Marv, are. Marv, whoa. Um, see what, he, what he's up to, see what he has planned for Tuesday. But actually, now that I think about it, the Pistons will be in D.C. They play a one-off in D.C. on March 14th, so and I will not be there. So he will be valid. Uh, he will be celebrating most likely in the great district of Columbia, Washington. On this same topic, I don't know if you're going to give an answer on this because I can see why you might view it as a little bit weird too. Because ultimately, you want to be pretty close with all the guys on the team. Is there anybody? I mean, yeah, I mean, in a in terms of having like relationships to a yeah, professional yeah, yeah, relationship. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. So. Is there anybody on the team, you know, aside from like James Wiseman who just got here, who you're like, kind of like, man, I want to get to know this guy a little bit better. I, I, I'm, I'm gunning to do a profile on this guy. Does anybody come to mind? Uh, yeah, but I don't want to answer it. Yeah, I don't okay. want that's, people to that's take. Fair. I don't want pe- people to take it the wrong yeah. way. Yeah, totally fair. Is um, I then I I have a follow up to that, Please, but I don't know ahead. if you're going to answer uh, it. Maybe I'll answer do that. Do you? One. Th- now that Sadiq is gone, do you think the two that you probably think you have the best professional relationship with, Isaiah Livers and Isaiah Stewart? Uh, I would say Cade's up there. Oh, cool. Those those two and Cade. Already. I'm, I mean, I have a good relationship with Diallo and Kojo, um, Rodney. I mean, I fairly often – like, I – I talk to almost everybody fairly often. There's yeah, there's maybe like one or two that aren't as talkative or um aren't as uh I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, I mean I would say in terms of like with most regularity probably Stu Cade's not there all all the time, but like me and Cade have a really good relationship and uh yeah, livers too. Yeah, apparently Cade's not at the facility because he's in like his private weight room getting absolutely jacked. What in the world is going on? I've had the is beast. he taking HGH? I, the only thing that was missing were braids. If there were, if he had his <laughs> braids in, you guys would have lost it, right? Even though his back was turned in the picture, I swear. I don't know if he's doing the LeBron thing and he's taking a bunch of growth hormones or something, but I'm into it. I like it. He's. I. I had been putting it anytime I've written about him since he's been out. I've. I've mentioned his change in physique, and I. I don't even think people really. I think that photo like showed it like he definitely looks stockier you can see it in his arms and people even which I kind of feel weird about posting the photo now because everyone's like hey, look at his legs it's just like I I guess I get it but like it is a little weird um, but he certainly like I think once people see him with the jersey on for the first time like it's really going to be noticeable how much how much weight he's put on not weight in a bad way but like muscle no, yeah yeah it's also it's one of those things where when he's sitting on the bench, I mean, he's wearing a bunch of clo- street clothes. We can't really tell what his what his uh, frame is looking like. Also, we didn't mention this. I'm already forgetting what game it was. I think it was the Raptors game that he was wearing white buffs on the sideline. Yes, it was the Raptors game. Uh, Hall of Fame induction when is my question. <laughs> That was a good day, but people, I saw like 10 people point this out. Some people even brought it up in uh, on Discord that I saw. It's like, does it worry you that Cade is putting on weight because that will make him a little bit slower? And it's not like he was the quickest guy. And then the immediate response to that 
isn't it just like, well, Luca's like the slowest guy in the world, and he's yeah. arguably the best scorer in the world, yeah, so who cares? Exactly, and I'm not sure that it's going to make Kate slower. Not Adding muscle does not necessarily make you slower. Uh, yeah, I'd, I would not, that would not be a concern to me, and even if it he does lose a step, it's not going to matter. He'd still be faster than Luca, so there's no excuse in terms of... DK... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, sorry. go ahead. Oh, please, okay. go to, okay. please, let's talk about DK Metcalf. Well, no, I'm going to say, didn't DK Metcalf, like, put up historical weightlifting numbers at the Combine and then proceeded to run, like, a 4-3? Yeah, I mean, there's many examples. So, like, I would imagine Russell Westbrook was skinny at one point. And then he got muscular. Yeah. And he's still ath- he was still athletic. Uh, Paul George... He's not, like, yoked, but he's definitely a lot bigger than he was in Indy. Um, I mean, I guess he technically did lose a step, but I think that's more due to his freak, in, freak injury. His leg was in two pieces, yeah. yeah. Hey, more Pistons news. Josh Bartlestein got poached. He did. And I got to tell you, the only reason that this blipped on my radar was because, A, you've, you've mentioned him before, mm-hmm. and, B, because now I have nobody to blame for the Keegan Murray thing. Yeah. It's, now that theory is officially gone. It is. It is It is all gone. I forgot about the Keegan Murray. Would you like to share it again? So for those who weren't around, I think I actually shared it. If you go back and listen to the best of episode that we did in like January, I think I included the clip in there. So you can skip around in there. If not, then I apologize. Yeah, and I'm sending you on a wild goose no, I chase. I think you did. But I'll give a quick TLDR. Basically, the Pistons had promoted. I see that all the time. This is like an old, to, old man moment. TLDR. Yeah. Too long, didn't read. Okay, I never knew what that meant. So if I TL, TLDR something for you, I'm just giving you the quick version the quick, of it. The spark notes. Yeah, right. exactly. So the Pistons had promoted Josh Bartlestein to uh, like assistant GM, yes. I think is what it was. Front office position, assistant GM. And I'm doing the lineage check, and I'm thinking, well, Mark Bartlestein is the head of Priority Sports, and Keegan Murray just signed with Priority Sports, the call is coming from inside the house. We keep hearing that the Pistons are interested in King Murray. This was like a month and a half before yes. the draft. I don't even know if the lottery had happened yet. But I was like, we literally just drafted Keegan Murray by promoting Josh Bartlestein. Like, that's where all the propaganda is coming from. And then that did not that happen. did not happen. Yeah, you were wrong about that one. But I liked, I liked where your headspace was at. You connected dots. You, you certainly, like, you didn't just go off on a tangent and on a limb. Like, you put your work in. You put your, uh, what, what do they call it, your tinfoil hat on and you got your shit off but yeah you, i was gonna say that just go ahead no please go ahead and say something about dk metcalf <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the deja vu that i just had that was so weird james we're gonna get to some recent pistons action i was just gonna say something about bartlestein if we were skipping oh i'm sorry go ahead uh Jesus. well two things one i've taken three naps since the deadline and all three times i've taken a nap something like so much like something has happened the first nap was in Orlando, literally right after the deadline. I woke up 10 minutes later, RJ Hampton is signed. <laughs> I woke, I tweeted the Bartlestein news an hour after it came out because I was taking a nap. And then there was something else. But, yeah, I'm not even safe for naps, like, after the deadline, man. Like, this is getting out of control. But, yeah, Josh has long, if you're not familiar, he's long been with the Pistons. Um, he's been, prior to being assistant GM, was, like, in a hybrid uh, business and basketball role so it's obviously like ceo is 
Uh, you could think of like what Arn Tellum does for the Pistons, and that's who he worked under while he was here in Detroit. So, uh, young man, uh, I believe he's my age or like a year older. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a position that that he kind of has been like groomed for since he left Michigan where he was a walk-on and uh, came to the Pistons and helped get a practice facility downtown and then, as you mentioned, became assistant GM. So uh, great guy. Congratulations to him. And um, he's going to be a lot warmer during the uh, basketball season. Really the only thing that I took from the signing, I say it's a signing like Woj tweeted out, like, sorry, Shams tweeted out like, oh, my gosh. But now we just have more saboteurs in the Suns organization. Now we got two of them who now Josh Bartlestein can chirp in uh, in Matt's ear and be like, trade Devin Booker to the Pistons. Trade Devin <laughs> Booker to the Pistons. When all of this goes south, like we've been laying out, I'm telling you, now we have two guys in the building. Yeah, I don't know if it's going south now, but prior to KD, it was going south. It looked like it was going south. Now it's going it's going north as the great white I'm telling you, dude, they're like sleeper agents. The second that the Suns Arena, God forbid they ever play the final countdown, because the second that they do, they're going to like snap out of it, and they're going to get on the phones with Troy Weaver and be like, we have to trade Devin Booker for um, who's somebody inconsequential. Well, that's a mean way to phrase it, but whoever is on the roster that I don't like at the time. Yeah, that'll, that'll totally a, happen. Here's a segment idea. I got to I I fill out my uh, application for assistant GM job. This is my chance. This is literally your chance. This is my chance. Yeah, you'll see, you'll, or just just uh, catch Troy on the way out during the exit interviews and be like, "Hey," and then slip a resume and a ten dollar bill in his pocket. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do that, and what's a? I'm trying to think. What's a famous DC food? Bake him some. Uh, uh, I don't know. Insurrection. Uh, what? What is that? Insurrection. You need me to give you a Webster's? Yeah. Diction. Uh. Let's just speed past this one. This joke didn't land. Okay. Hopefully some listeners at home gave some nasal exhales to that one. Is that like a... I forgot that Troy's from D.C., though, so I guess that would make sense. I don't know what their, like, thing is, yeah, what gotta, their staple I gotta is. I got to Google and bake something. What is Detroit's? What do you think Detroit's staple is? Probably... Easy. Pizza, right? No. Why? Like, what? F- Coney dogs and corned beef. It's like... Yeah, Coney's, I think, are just kind of the most... Do we? Is that something that we claim? Oh, for sure. That's Yes, that's a thing. Coney dogs? We have the most, like, Great. Coney Island. Yeah, Coney Yeah, Coney Great. Dog, yeah. Because it's literally the best food in the world. Yeah, that and corned beef. That I don't know. But Detroit-style pizza is also the best pizza in the world. Uh, I had a, had a, a, a personal pan-sized pizza from a Pizza Hut Express at Target today. Delicious. Delicious meal. And you know what I <laughs> did said? You get a- a cheesy gordita crunch right right after was it, i assume if you had a pizza hut express it was connected to a taco no bell. taco bell oh. no taco bell in the in the in the target uh it here in chicago but i did say we were, we were leaving and i was like man being an adult is so cool because like when you're a kid and you're like hey mom can we let you're at target or wherever and you're like can we get something from the food court it's always like no we can't but when you're an adult you just walk in and, like, we didn't even buy anything. We just got some food, and we left. You guys had dinner reservations to the Pizza Hut Express at Target. <laughs> I respect that. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just got to do what you want to do. And if that's what you want to do as an adult, nobody can stop you. Or Don't let me make jokes about it. That was, You were craving Pizza Hut Express at a Target. You wouldn't got it. 
James, we're going to talk more Pistons in just a second. But before we do that, let's take a break from this week's sponsor. Alrighty, James, as it was mentioned at the front of the episode, Pistons are playing some lottery-winning basketball. Uh, I was looking at the Tankathon odds, currently have the second-best or second-worst odds in the league right now to land the, well, not top pick in the draft. We just have the second-worst record in the league. So it's actually getting quite contentious here at the end. Something about the science here, though, if we end up with the worst record in the league, my brain is just like, oh, so we're fifth then. I was talking to Matthew about it this morning, and he, he we were on the same page, that if we end with the worst record, we're 100% just going to get fifth, and we're just going to be like, yay, Cam Whitmore, come on down. And I got a thing about Cam Whitmore. Here's the thing. I'm sorry. I, I'm just going to steamroll right past. I'm just going to talk about this. My thing with Cam Whitmore, and I don't know if I would say this about him if he wasn't at Villanova, but when I watch him play, I'm just like, didn't we just trade this guy for James Wiseman? Isn't that what just happened? No. Because he he does all the same stuff that we were trying to get Sadiq to do. He's just a little bit more. He's got more stuff at the rim. He's more athletic. Well, I think that's a big difference, though. <sighs> um, I, think I would say that was one thing that held Sadiq back is his numbers inside the inside the arc. I guess, but like... I think he's shooting like 25% on twos with Atlanta. Shooting like 50% from three, but like 25% on twos. That that graphic where it was like Sadiq Bey has played for four coaches in the last six games was actually kind of funny. Kind of wild. That is, he was, did. That is weird. Yeah. There was... Um, he had Dwayne, and then he had Nate McMillan for like a game, yep. and then he had the interim coach, and now they have Quinn... Yeah, yeah, and now they have uh, Quinn Snyder. Funny how that works. That is wild. The Atlanta Hawks, everybody accepts that he played for three. So it's – it is – Yeah, I guess that's yeah, true. But yeah, <laughs> I, it is wild, like, when you hear it, yeah. Uh, I was looking at the roster this morning because I was looking – I was doing some salary stuff in my head. And I, I caught a little note that I would like to float out there. I was looking at some birthdays, and that's when the Bagley thing clicked. I was like, that's right. Marvin Bagley and James have the same birthday. I like to think I'm a pretty young guy, right? 24 years old. I'm turning 25 this year. I am older than 12 of the 16 guys on this roster. And that feels wild. From a 24-year-old, that feels kind of wild. Yeah. And I think it gives a lot of perspective into like, hey, maybe we don't need to like, I don't want to say we don't need to rush this, but rather we need to weather some expectations sometimes because I look at Jalen Dern and I'm like, 2003 like i remember 2003 <laughs> i just like when i see jalen duran it just weirds me out because my sister is was born in 98 so that makes her five years older than him six years older than him and she looks like she's still 12 but it's like here's this guy that's 19 and he's like the biggest human i've ever seen looks like he's Pause. 32 he's built like a tree yeah, it's it is weird. I don't people don't want to hear this right now, so I don't really want to get in the like the patience thing. Oh, I'm not trying. I was just making but a was, goof about but how. But I was going to say this: if 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 Weaver did what Iserman did at the deadline, people would lose their shit. The Iserman double standard is insane. Well, the difference is that Steve Iserman won one and a half Stanley Cups as a general manager. That, no, that's fine. But he, their their plan is the same. Yeah, 100%. And he didn't win one here. 
Like I, it's well, just the double standard of like he's he can kick the can as far as he wants, but the Pistons, oh man, they they got a, they're the only team to make the playoffs in the last six years, but they better hurry this shit up. The Red Wings take your time. I think this is fair it's, to an extent. It's weird. I mean, I know the, the only, I know the reasoning, but it's weird. The only thing I would say, Troy Weaver wasn't the Pistons captain for twenty years. That's fine. That's if if that's what people want to say, that's fine. They are doing the exact same thing. They are in asset accumulation mode. Agreed. But 100%. for one for one side it's Oh, he's so smart, he's a wizard. Yeah, we weren't gonna win the cup. Let's do it. The other guy's like, Come on, man, hurry up, come on. It's like, all right. This, I see what this is. I mean well, there's if many it, examples, but we we see what this is. If it makes you feel any better. I'm back on the, oh, yeah, Troy Weaver is great at his job. I'm back. I'm full back because these last few games of Marvin Bagley and James Wiseman, like, that's those are those are Troy Weaver's love childs. That's like, <laughs> like those dudes are only here because Troy Weaver is here. And the way that Marvin Bagley has bounced back from the injury, he's been very uh, good. one that he's been incredible. And it's not just on offense. You know, usually you can watch him out there on one end of the floor and you're like, yeah, dude, I know what you have on the offensive end. And then when they take a trip back down to the other side, you're like, you kind of roll your eyes a little bit sometimes, but he's getting it done on both ends. Right. For the most part. And that is just so encouraging to see. And I, 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 I wonder if some of it for Bagley is like when he was in Sacramento, he dealt with a lot of, Monty Mc, or not Monty McNair, Vladi Divac, you know, bringing in other bigs and supplementing him and putting guys in front of him. So he has that chip on his shoulder. And then he sees he's is he's injured. And then the Pistons bring in James Wiseman. And I'm not saying he's playing well to spite James Wiseman, but I think there's that like dog in him where he's like, you can't put somebody in front of me. Like I'm going to out hustle them. I'm going to outscore them. I'm going to out rebound them. I'm going to out defend them. And what you had said a week ago about, you know, Dwayne making the joke about, well, Marvin told on himself because now we can see what, he, you know, we know what he can do. And it's a matter of can he consistently do this? He has been for the last week. Right. Yeah. So super encouraging to see. I think the uh, we don't have to get into the Cleveland game the other night too much, but I do want to say and it, it's going to it's going to be lost in the the margin of defeat they got blown out it's going to be lost in all the turnovers but that first half was pretty even outside of the turnovers and a big reason why is because Detroit it was the first time they started Marvin and Wiseman together to match the twin towers of the Cavs uh it's probably the first time the Pistons have started two six ten and up guys since Blake and Andre um and even then like Blake's not uh he wasn't like a he wasn't he doesn't have the he didn't play as 6'10. Exactly. So the reason the game was interesting and looked close primarily was because Wiseman and Bagley outplayed Mobley and Allen in that first half. Uh the Pistons were 12 first half turnovers away from is the reason they were down 9 or whatever at halftime, but other than that, I thought they outplayed them and that I'm not sitting here saying that Wiseman and Bagley are better than Mobley and Allen. That's not what I'm saying at all and I'm not saying that if they played that game nine times that the results would be the same but I am saying that it was very clear the vision of going big and why that's important to Detroit it showed itself Mobley and Allen struggled around the rim uh the other Cavs struggled around the rim uh Detroit out rebounded them through those minutes and part of that is the Cavs were hitting threes and Detroit wasn't but uh like you see why it's important that Detroit is one 
has the ability to go big and two has versatile bodies up front to to play against any type of opponent. So uh, I thought that Cleveland game, that first half specifically, was like for people who are questioning why they think they need to go big, that was kind of like if you go back and watch that first half, that's why. Um, yeah. I thought it was very telling in in a in a notch under the the philosophy belt that the Pistons are t- have been talking about when it uh, pertains to having like big men that can bang and and contend in the East. Pause. Pause. Yes. Yeah, that game taught me not that this is something that we didn't already know. I mean, we're talking about a guy who put up seventy one points. Donovan Mitchell is a witch. Yeah, like the thing that what he did to Killian in that first quarter was so vile and so sinister and so disagreeable as a viewer to have to witness. That was a nasty. And I watch. Nasty snatchback. I watch this Cavs team and I just think like, man, what it must be like and what it must feel like, and that is what it will feel like for us in a few years. Because you look at a guy, it's like. Who's our Evan Mobley? Well, in theory, it's Cade because that's the big big boy draft pick that we got, right? Who's our Isaac Okoro? Well, that's Hamadou Diallo, and we'll get to him in just a minute. Okay. Who's our Jared Allen? Well, it could very well be James Wiseman or Marvin Bagley. That You know, you make that savvy trade for a guy that a, a team doesn't want anymore. Well, it's not that the Nets didn't want Jared Allen anymore. The situations for both were, were completely different. But, you know, they have this existing core. I would say our Garland is like Jaden Ivey, right? Another top pick. And then what did they do? They had all these these nice assets in a pot, and then they went and got the big fish, and they got Donovan Mitchell. And look at them; they're awesome to watch. We love watching the Cavs play. They're so much fun. I think, and I, they're kind. I like your uh, cross comparison. I think you could simplify it a little by saying, like, obviously we're not comparing the Pistons to the Cavs. There's going to be people that freak out. We're talking about like the vision if the it principle. all works out. Yeah, I mean, you hope Cade is your Donovan. You hope Ivy. You're thinking like you're thinking like built stature. I'm talking about like impact on the game. No, I get what yeah. you mean. Yeah, you're hoping Cage. I was. You were thinking of DK Metcalf. No, <laughs> no, I was gonna say like our version of Donovan Mitchell would be. I know I'm gonna stop making this joke eventually, but it would be Devin Booker because that's the guy we're gonna go get. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. But even with we'll, – we'll keep it without even needing to get anybody. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay, though. okay, okay, okay. You hope Cade can be as good as Mitchell, Ivy as good as Dar- Garland, and obviously people are high on both of those two. It's not going to happen overnight, but it, there's a world in which it gets to, to that. Um, yeah, Okoro, you could say Diallo, you could say Livers, just kind of that that glue piece. Um and then obviously the front court, Stu and Duran, Stu and Wiseman, not Wiseman and Duran. Like, not again, not saying that either of those, all of those, will be Allen and Mobley, but you see the, you see the vision. You know, we talk about Hamadou Diallo. Boy, that price is going up, isn't it? It is. I think it, basically it is. But like, is there what's the cap number if you're Detroit? Like, where you just walk uh, away. I have a number, but my barometer for what to pay guys is sometimes a little wonky. I would give him – what is he on right now, two for ten? Yeah, like 10.4, yeah. So five. Do you, I think he it, – does it warrant $10 million? In, not increase, but 10 per year. Eight to 12, somewhere in there. Eight to 12 is a lot, though. If it's backloaded, maybe, but that's kind of a lot. Eight to 11? I, I pretty much – 
it's a tough one, and I wrote about it the other day. Um, oh, and really quick, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, me and Sam Vecini will have a piece talking about Ivy Duran, what to do if the Pistons land the number two pick, what to do, what will they look like with Wimby. That piece will be up Tuesday morning. You see the vision with Diallo. You see the improvements he's made. You see how he's doing more by doing less. And you see the impact he has on terms of just like they obviously don't win a lot, but he the the game shifts often when he's on the floor. I think he has the type of intangibles that you, any winning team would want. The issue is, though, the Pistons have made it very clear that they see him as a backup. And I'm just not sure I want to keep paying. I just don't know if I want to pay a backup $10 million a year. You know what I mean? Like Fair, fair. I guess it kind of just depends on how the draft shakes out. Like if you, I think if you can get Hamadou for like two for fourteen or three for twenty-one, like I talk about it, seven a year. Like I would do that. Once you get to ten, and it's not again, it's not a knock on Hamadou. I think somebody will give him ten and use him in a bigger role, or somebody could give him ten and use him in a bigger role. I'm saying I just don't know if that role will be there for him in Detroit. Like I can't. Like I think a lot of the reason. I mean, he's played his way into a spot now, but I thought early on, even when he's playing well, the, a lot of the reason he was playing is because so many injuries. Um, it was still kind of the third, fourth wing, and whether or not that was right or not, like that's up for debate. At the time, I think there was a reason to discuss it, like why that made sense. But then obviously injuries happened and he was forced to play and he took advantage of the opportunity. I just – yeah, it's interesting. Unless they like are going to make sure he's part of the like he has a role for sure going forward, then yeah, maybe. But I just don't know if you just don't know if that's promised. Because let's think about it. I mean, Cade's coming back. Ivy, uh, Killian will be there next year. So obviously, I'm not Ahamadou's not a guard, but I'm just trying to name. And then you got in the wing; they obviously are prioritizing Livers' development. Boyan's going to play. Burks is going to play. Uh, you never know if they get Brandon Miller. There's another wing spot. I was going to say the odds are that we get somebody where there's some positional overlap, right? Because either you get Scoot or you get Victor Wembanyama, and that's different. But the odds are that you don't. The odds are that you're like two through six or something, or rather like three through six. So you're right. The odds are that there would be some sort of a weird discussion there. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's it. I just I think Hamadou coming back to Detroit or what Detroit offers him probably relies a lot on um, what happens before. And I would guess that, this is me again, me just assuming when Hami hits free agency, he's obviously going to look and take the best deal possible. But I, I wonder where he would be in terms of like the Pistons priority list. Like how many it things, they, pretty... how many things they try to get done before they're like, all right, we need to f- focus on Hami. It would feel pretty bad if, um, Oh, I get. I kind of get what you're saying. You're talking about where do, where is he in the pecking order, the food chain of like, do they go into free agency as like re-signing Hamadou Diallo as a priority, or do we want to give money to Jeremy Grant first, hypothetically? Or right, right, right. Like, do they? Yeah, like, do they give another team the option or the 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 time to go get Diallo and like, all right, well, you got that. We're not giving you that, so go ahead. Like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Speaking of Jeremy Grant, do you think Pistons fans are, will boo him on Monday? 
Oh, I hope not. That would suck. I they, we got no reason. To. I agree, but like you know, the odds are. I think the odds are high. Because like, I would just love to hear the why. What's the what's the reason? Because he I don't know. had the ball in his hand for too long when he was on your basketball team for a year and a half. I'm with you. you. Know I, mean? I don't think he should be booed. I thought. He, I mean, he chose to come to Detroit, and he got he got traded. Like, I don't. It just. I'm very curious if they boo him. Like I like. I still think booing Andre and Blake is weird, but like I guess you could I could understand it. Jeremy, I wouldn't understand, mm-hmm. and he's not even like as much like he was never like he wasn't a piston for ten years like Andre was, or he wasn't as <laughs> um, polarizing as Blake was. But yeah. like he chose to come to Detroit. He has a he still has a part of a mural downtown. Like I don't, I would be shot. I wouldn't be actually. I take that back. I wouldn't be shocked if they booed him. I would just be like, "Are you serious? Like, are we just booing any former player now?" Did Reggie get any sort of reception? Reggie gets Reggie gets booed. That's lame. Yeah, like I, but I also, but I also, yeah, it's lame because like he loved Detroit. Uh, actually, yeah, I was gonna say something. Um, he loves Detroit, and he, like. It didn't work out, but like it's not like he like half-assed it. It just he got hurt. But I also understand yeah. the frustration. I mean, I heard the frustration when he was a piston. Like people were like booing him when he was a piston. They were just over him. I mean, I had those moments, but <coughs> excuse me, I had those moments. But I'm I don't know that there's ever gonna be. And again, at the end of the day, those three did nothing for the organization. So like, I understand like fans are gonna fan. Like that's, that's not what I'm saying. I just also like, I don't know. Jeremy's a weird one to. Would be weird to boo. I'm curious. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that Blake Griffin did nothing for our franchise because if you want to make the point earlier about the Pistons are the only team in the last six years to make the playoffs, for sure. Blake Griffin. I'm at on a a, like a. There's no Ben Wallace cachet. uh, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. like nobody won a playoff game. Like, yeah, it's not like you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's also just a personal bias because Blake gave me my favorite individual season of basketball that I've ever seen from a player ever. Yeah, understand. So I just, I'm very curious to see if Jeremy gets booed or applauded. I would, I would hope applauded. I think it'll be just kind of like a. I don't know that he'll really get either. Honestly, I don't think respectfully, respectfully. I don't think he made enough of an impact for people to care one way or another. I think it'll just be like, oh yeah, Jeremy Grant, nice, woo. Well, that's caring. Well, I guess that's yeah. I guess that's caring. <laughs> I, I hope. Yeah. Like a, I'll be curious. The only other thing that I want to bring up today is, I believe it was Joe Lacob being like, "Yeah, the Wiseman trade. Who knows? Sucks that we had to get rid of him. Might come to regret that one." And I get that some of that is just owner speak, and he's just being diplomatic and and courteous and respectful to a player that you know used to be on his team. I get that. You don't got to explain. No, that but, to me. With, but with Lacob specifically, I know he he. He wanted Wiseman to play more than he did. I know that. Ooh, like he, he that feels great then. But he also like understood that everybody else didn't think he should. And I get it because it's like your hands are tied in a situation like that. The way that everybody else, the way that everybody's laid it out, the way that we have on this show is like championship teams don't have time to 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 try to polish a guy like that. You know who does a team like the Pistons? So sometimes you just kind of have to shell them off and. I guess the the um, I almost said consequence. The benefit for the Warriors in this situation is they got a locker room guy. Steph is like best friends with Gary Payton. 
the second, right? So like everybody won in this situation. Maybe not the maybe not the Blazers because they did end up with Kevin Knox. But I forgot because he got Dame seventy one though. He got Dame seventy one. Well, he was yeah, yeah. Did he like? How did he get Dame seventy one? You know what's weird? It's weird because if you think about it, this is like a butterfly effect thing. If that trade didn't go through, let's say the veto happened, or if you just want to take a step further and say the trade was never proposed or anything like that, but let's just say for the sake of it, the veto happens, the Warriors are like, this is nonsense, the Blazers can go away, we're not doing this trade, nobody gets their players, everybody go back to where you were. Kevin Knox doesn't get sent to Portland, and it's a butterfly effect. Now everything is just a little bit different. Does Dame still get 71? I don't know, but because Kevin Knox was on the team, he did. Do the Houston Rockets still suck at defense? If that trade never happens, yes. I think. Ah, I think shoot. I think Dame still gets his his seventy one. He might yeah, even Damian have more. Lillard is still Damian even, Lillard. I don't even know if Kevin Knox took a shot in that game. He might have had more. <laughs> Can I ask you? I wrote this down in my notes. You brought up Houston. Thank goodness you did. I have a question to ask you. We'll, Can we take we'll, a break after this? Yep, we are. Will you explain to me? the Houston pick conversion situation because I'm a little fuzzy on it and it's been a while since anyone has visited it so I'd like to talk about that when does that have to happen I don't even remember why that has to happen was it from like the Trevor Ariza uh Dwayne Dedman all that nonsense when was that from it was from the Christian Wood trade that got them that's right Isaiah Stewart or whatever right Uh, so when does that have to get converted uh I haven't revisited that in a while let me see if I can find it really quick um, I know it just like basically keeps getting kicked down the can. Uh, right. So yeah, this year it's top eighteen protected. Um. And then I think it's like it, it's. I forget. I have to find it. I don't know if I can find it. I wrote it somewhere with all the protections, but like I can't. I don't know if I can find it right now. I just know it keeps. Hold on, let me see if this is it. Um, traded Trevor Re- traded Trevor Reza rights to Isaiah Stewart, 2027 second-round pick, cash considerations to Pistons for Christian Wood, draft pick, first-round pick, protected top 16 and 21-22, top 18 and 23-24, top 13 and 25, top 11 and 26, top 9 and 27. So basically, whenever the Pistons are... <laughs> Good. Uh, essentially, yeah. I mean, like, next year it could convert if they were a playoff team. I'd probably be fine with that. So I was right that It was the Trevor Ariza deal. You were like, no, it's a Christian Wood thing. No, I forgot, thing. I forgot that Trevor Ariza. Picture's the yeah, same. Yeah, but you said Dwayne Dedman. You, like, you made me think it was like they were, like, dumping salary. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, it was. I forgot the Pistons. Trevor Ariza was technically a Piston. I forgot about that. Yeah. Alrighty, James. We're going to take one more break, and then you have a segment that you're going to tee up for us. We'll be right back. Okay, before we get started, I finally remembered, dude. I finally remembered. It's been like four weeks, five weeks that I've been trying to remember that I want to do a Champions League segment with you. This is going to take 30 seconds. Don't worry, everybody, if you don't care about the Champions League. How about Liverpool 7-0 over Marcus Rashford? Yeah, they smoked him. That felt pretty great. Matthew's a big Man U guy now, so he was probably mauling over is that. Is he? Uh, I, tried to, I tried to tell him that Leicester City or Man City is like way cooler to root for, but he wanted to root for Marcus Rashford, so he, he's getting what he wants. Champions League segment. It's called Explain It to Nick. 
James, I'm sure this is a question as old as time, but I've never seen an answer for this. In the Champions League, PSG has never won, correct? Mm, I don't believe so, no. I, I really need you to hold my hand here for a second. If you have Neymar, Mbappe, and Messi, why? How do they lose? Like, how do they lose? Well, one, they haven't always had them. In the no, it's only been like two or three years, right? Yeah, like th- three-ish. Okay. Uh, and also, it's like, I don't know, man. Like, uh, there's eight other positions on the pitch. There's This is the best of the best. All the best teams in Europe. Um, yeah, like anything can happen. It's the beautiful game. Like sometimes you're just off, and you're off in a tournament like that. Like you're screwed. Like it's it's just hard to explain. Yeah, like um, sometimes. Yeah, when you're in a, a a style of tournament like that, things don't always go your way in this sport. That's what makes it the beautiful I, game. I just don't get it. You have like. The, 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 and this is what I'm told by the people, right? The greatest of all time, you have the soon to be greatest of all time, and then you have like Scottie Pippen. So, what the hell? How do they lose? I don't get it. Cause like the Heat did it, and I know I'm talking about basketball. The Heat had a super team and they won. They didn't lose except to like Dallas, but then they won, right? And then to the Spurs, they lost. The Warriors didn't lose with Kevin Durant. So, I don't get it. Yeah, I get it's a different sport. Yeah, I get it's it. It's tough to explain. I mean, some teams just want it more. Like, the chemistry between those three isn't like perfect. Again, there's eight other positions playing at all other times. Like it's there's a lot of moving parts. And if a team's more clinical, a team's more structured, it doesn't matter the individual talent you have, especially in you a know, game like football. It is uh, pretty telling if that's your goat. Well, maybe take a look over at what Ronaldo's doing, scoring like eight hat tricks in two games in Saudi Arabia. I don't know. Something to chew on. Maybe he's the greatest of all time. Hmm. I don't know. But that was Explain It to Nick. James, uh, you pinged our lovely listeners uh, for some questions because you were like, I don't know what we're going to do today. But luckily, I had it covered. Yeah, wrote down did. some notes. Yeah. Uh to ask basically anything that's not really a mailbag, it's just kind of like an end of show segment, I guess. So, did you find any fun questions or topics in there? Yeah, I'll just go through everything real quick. Uh, I'll I'll briefly touch on everything. Um, so the first one is this might be too, oh, and I gave people I was like you can ask anything about Pistons life, the job, whatever. Uh, so the first question: This might be too inside baseball for the pod, but how much preparation is required for a long pod appearance like you had for the Game Theory podcast? Seems like you cover a lot of non-Pistons stuff. Uh, I just I I watch a lot of basketball, so it's not it's not too difficult. Uh, um, do you think the Pistons should play more zone based off of its effectiveness this season? Uh, I mean, they have played a decent amount of zone. Um, I think now is time to I don't really think this is the time that like we need to figure out the best plan to play defense like I'd rather like the season's over guys uh it it is what it is (laughs) like it's done so you might as well work on individual not individual but the things you're not good at you might as well work on them and get them and get them good favorite Sunday brunch place in Detroit Honest John's or Bobcat Bonnie's What's going on with Miles Bridges? Would Weaver give him a second chance? Probably could have skipped that one. Yeah, I probably should have. Uh, yeah, if you don't know what's going on with Miles Bridges, quick Google search will find that answer for you. 
And would we ever give him a second chance? I would highly, highly doubt it. Um, what do you think the ceiling was for the 2019-20 Pistons team? If oh. if Blake had injury hadn't happened and Reggie would have played, just can't help but looking back on the team and thinking in another universe they were the sixth seed. Is that the year they made the playoffs? No, that was eighteen nineteen. I don't think Reggie was on the nineteen twenty team. No, he was, was but that was the year Blake like missed the first ten games to start the year. The ceiling for the nineteen twenty team, uh, eight seed and swept in the first round. It just wasn't a. <laughs> So exactly. Yeah, what like I just don't think there then. was a world where they're any better. I just don't. Uh, I mean, like you can't just take Blake's injuries out of it. He was older. Like in, he had. It, well, he destroyed his body so that we could get swept the year before. Yes, I agree. Um, top five NBA cities for food: Toronto, Chicago, Toronto, <laughs> Portland. DC. Uh, hat. I'm calling hat. That is 100% hat. We just talked about at the top of the show how we don't know what the cap. Oh. We don't know what the <laughs> staple of DC is. It's my but favorite. But all of a sudden. Yeah, I don't know like what they're known for, but I've had arguably the best Chinese food and the best uh, Ethiopian breakfast I've ever had in my life. What does that consist of? Uh, it was like it was like a it was like a pancake and sausage breakfast, but it was like spicy. It came with like special like it was Ooh. fire. It was it's phenomenal. Nice. Uh, I forgot what the place is called. I have to. I know where it is though. Um, Toronto, Portland, DC. This isn't top five food city, but Oklahoma City has my favorite barbecue spot. A place called Leo's. It's outside Oklahoma City. It's a little bit of it. Shout out uh, Leo's Coney Island. Shout out Leo's Coney Island as well. Um, New York. I forget about New York. I was gonna say Los Angeles. You can get the craziest quesadillas you've ever had. Eh, I don't. I don't like. I mean, LA food's fine. Uh, but no. Um, you don't want an Italian beef? Go to Al's Beef. Chicago, come on, throw no, us on there. I'm trying to think. Chicago has good food, but like, I don't. Like, I, I don't know. Stan's Donuts. Come on, James. Chocolate milk. Think of the chocolate <laughs> milk. Oh, uh, that's funny. Uh, Miami or Chicago, fine. Um, You do not go to Miami for the food. I guess there's, like, Cuban food, I guess, yeah, is probably what the draw there is. Yeah, seafood. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nah, I'm good. Somebody just tweeted at me, Keith Nickel. Uh-huh. Oh, is this? Is, am I getting the floor? If you want, if you have something to say about Keith Nickel, go ahead. It's just a great story. It was just a great story that he was because he was backing up Kirk Cousins and was like, I'm literally never going to start over this guy. So he switched to receiver. And I remember that was the first time in my life that I was like, whoa, a guy switching positions like that's so cool. And then I remember he like caught a touchdown the next year. This is also obviously the guy who had the Hail Mary catch from Kirk Cousins against Wisconsin. Uh, in 2011 and then if you just fast forward a few months that was the same year that it was the first ever Big Ten championship game that was the first time they ever did it and we rematched against Russell Wilson and and Wisconsin I think was Monte Ball on that team I think he was like I think he might have been gone by then they had a they had a nasty running back they always do but um oh you said Wisconsin yeah Yeah, I remember him yeah I remember him 
that was the same year that Keith Nickel in the Big Ten championship game uh, on in a like a goal to go situation, I think, had uh, had a reception and then was getting dragged out of bounds and like pitched it to B.J. Cunningham and then he housed it. And so Keith Nickel, just a great success story for Michigan State. Always loved that guy. I will. The one thing I will say about Keith Nickel is it is a good story of perseverance. Uh, this is a guy who couldn't. He went to started at Oklahoma. Was a backup at Oklahoma, which I mean, it's Oklahoma. Knew he wouldn't play, so transferred to state. Still couldn't get the quarterback job. Well, there was an NFL quarterback no, in front I'm of him. Not, That's why. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not dissing him i'm saying like he was a big recruit at a as a quarterback that didn't end up playing quarterback anywhere and switched to receiver i respect it for wanting to just play football and he switched positions i respect it i'm not trying to shit on him who was the i'm trying to think oklahoma quarterback 2010 it was like a, i don't think that was it was somebody that was like a heisman winner or like close to the heisman sam bradford yeah no, it might have been sam bradford in- that's too early for Trevor Knight. Maybe it was Sam Bradford. You might... Okay, so what are we talking about? Yeah, that's a high. Okay, no, yeah. Not... I guess again, again, you're not crapping on him. Yeah. You're not. Cra- I don't need to do this. I don't need to get work. I don't. I'm not that <laughs> passionate about Keith Nickel as I'm letting on. But proceed. Uh, top five favorite shoes in your on- top five shoes all time in your on I Y I Y O is that in your honest opinion? Yeah. All right. Well, my five favorite in no particular order black cement threes white cement threes korea threes nice sean weatherspoon air max 97s let me let me get in here for two seconds this is four right that you've named you are bulletproof so far yeah. you have done nothing but these are hits so I mean, really think about this a one. lot of jordan th- i love jordan threes um I love the Salehi Bembry water be the guides, but like I'm naming, I'm trying to think of like older, older shoes, but that's, that's what's on my mind right now. I'll go with those. What about the Carhartt fours? You like those? Yeah. Those are they're tough. just black. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. that's it though. Yeah, I'm straight on them, but they're, they're cool. Uh, you're in line at the Flint crepe, crepe company, but you're having trouble deciding between a sweet or savory crepe. Which way do you go? Savory always both or both. If I have to pick one, I think I agree though. All right, now the the final. We'll end on this. I got two of this because of my my tweet the other day. Uh, explain your beef with J Cole slash why don't you like J Cole? <laughs> uh, for those wondering, this was derived from my tweet the other day in reference to Ja, where I said Ja needs to hang out with people who listen to J Cole every day. And I put in disclaimer: I would not recommend that, but it's time to break glass. So, obviously, I'm not a J. Cole fan, but I want to. I want to lead um, before I tell you. Before I tell people why, because I know how passionate J. Cole fans. It's like the Beehive or the the Barb's or what's Ice Spices, the Patty Melts. Is there a name yet? I, don't know. I haven't heard. This. I don't know. You got to start one. On the, on Patty the... Melts is funny though. <laughs> Sour Patch Kids or not the Sour Patch Kids? What were the the dolls with the something something kids something Patch Kids? Oh, Sour um, or no? I right? Yeah, you tried to. Cabbage Patch, Cabbage Patch Kids. Kids. Boom, yeah. got it. Um, so I want to lead with love. J. Cole seems like a very cool guy to hang out with. He seems like a very a very nice guy, smart guy, obviously. In terms of, like, influence on people who listen, like, there are far more rappers that I'd, I'm, I'm happy that kids listen to him because it's, 
at least the message is like solid and like he he does rap and like there's worse examples to be listened to for kids so i i, I want to say i want to say that now that the bullshit's out of the way he's just not that good like it, part of it is just like the fan fans that like love him like think he's like the greatest rapper of all time it's like let's relax like uh, I have a I had a joke I was gonna say, but I'm I don't it could be rude, so I'm not gonna say it. Gosh, sometimes I wish I could. You just said he sucked. How much? No, it was it was more rude. It was more rude to other to uh, people who listened to him. Oh yeah, the alienated. Yeah, yeah so I don't, don't want to do, do that. that. But it's like there's a lot of corny lines for a guy that people like say is one of the best ever. You know what I mean? And like I'm at. I'm at a point in life, like when I was in 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 high school and college, like yeah, like I used to get like, oh man, that message really hit me. Like I listen to music, I listen to music twenty four seven all the time. I need dope rhymes, dope beats, and creativity. I don't need. I don't go to artists for like inspiration or motivation. You're not going to see me quoting Nipsey Hussle lines or J Cole lines or. I do love when respect Nipsey though. Yeah, like he's not my cup of tea, but like I respect the grind and the story and everything. Yeah, I mean, you're never gonna see me like Jay Billis like tweeting out Young Jeezy lyrics, even though I love I love that he does 6:30 that. 6:30 in the morning. Yeah, I love that he does that, but like I don't get motivation in in my life from artists or artist lines. Like I'm I like creativity, I like dope lines, I like dope beats. And like creative concepts and creative ways, I'm I'm like at the point now. It's like more so, as much as it, as it is what you say, it's how you say it. Like just dope ways to say things. So, to me, Cole is there's no creativity about him. Like he's he's just a he's just like your he's just a rapper. Like when you just think rapper, like he's just like there's no like special there's nothing creative he does he's not there's not like an accent like any eccentric ways like a Danny Brown uh there's no concepts as as clever as like a Kendrick and I'm just using like people we talk about on the show I could I could really get nerdy and do like some whatever and there's like he just he rhymes and he makes his own beats he and he tries to do melodic stuff it's just like I'd, there are like 50 rappers I'd rather hear. I'd rather listen to rap over him. There are 30 rappers who also sing that I'd rather listen to do both over him. And there's just nothing creative like about. Oh, but James, he made a song about appreciating his wife by folding clothes. I'm like, come on, fam. I'm like, like that's so that's cute. I don't want to hear that shit. He made a song called Crooked yeah, I, Smile. Yeah. That's nice. I hope you know what I mean. Cool. That's not. That's cool. Yeah. I'm, he made a song about losing his virginity. All right. That's kind of lame. <laughs> I don't want to hear. <laughs> I don't want to hear a guy who's in his thirties rapping about the time he lost his virginity. Like that's corny to me. Kendrick did that in uh, Mr. Morale. He was talking about it in. Uh, I don't remember what song, but he was talking about how he lost it in the Palisades. Yeah, but he, I was like, hey. that was a line though. Yeah, it wasn't the song. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah. so people ask me why I think J Cole's a, a corny rapper. There are several message boards throughout the internet that have the worst J Cole lines. Can I just read like twenty of them? Gonna, gonna rattle some off. Yeah, we'll yeah, end we'll on cut this. it down to like five. No, we yeah. got we got what much? 
Let me just say this before you start, if we're going to end on this. I think the funniest thing that you're leaving out here is that there was a chance that you were going to have to cover him for like 10 days. Remember when the Pistons offered J. Cole a workout? Didn't they just do that via Twitter, though? Yeah, I don't know if there was like a formal invitation and he ghosted them, but still, that was almost a thing. You were almost have you almost had to be in the locker room with J. Cole. That would have been fine if he would have asked me if I liked his music. I'd have told him no, but I like him. I don't, I don't think he would have asked that. I mean, I don't. The first thing I do when I meet somebody, I don't go, "You like my videos?" I don't do. No, I know, but like my favorite thing is like when I like if I say something like uh, if I met him, I would tell him I wouldn't like his. Like, I wouldn't just, like, say it, but if you asked me, I would tell him, no, I'm not a big fan. And people are like, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't say it to your his, his face. I'm like, why would I not? If you asked me, I'd be honest. Mm. Like, I'm not afraid think, to say it's not for me, no. And, again, I understand. I think you're honest enough, yeah. I understand why people may be drawn to J. Cole. I understand why they may like him. I Like I said, I'm at the age where, like, I, I don't get motivated off of somebody's bars. I just want to hear some dope fly shit some creative clever stuff like that's what i want to hear i don't necessarily need i don't need to listen to this bar to get me up for the day and get going like oh i'm gonna get this money let's go the j the j billis thing i'm still laughing at because he would end every single one with i gotta go to work work. i respect it but yeah like i'm not that guy and i just think cole is just for as much as people i try to put him in the goat conversation and again for the frame of this conversation, I'm just going to we're just going to talk about like the mainstream kind of bigger names. Like I, we obviously could get super nerdy and talk about other people who are we consider like the best rappers of all time. But we're not going to do all that for this generation. I'm like I said, I'm so happy that there are people that like Cole because he is primarily he's positive. He's obviously a good role model. Like for the kids, you want that. But as me, as somebody that's that's 30. A lot of that shit is like corny to me. And I just feel like Cole still makes music for college kids. And I've been Somebody out Somebody has to. Yeah, it's fine. It's the other college kids. Um so let's <laughs> let's read let's read some of these let's read some of these lines from so called the the best one of the best rappers ever. You ready? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm sitting back. I watched you shine, but me, I glow. So much on my mind, I wonder how it fit in my brain. <laughs> Life can't get any worse. Stevie with his glasses. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm falling like it's autumn. That's a bar. I'll give him that. You blank, strung out, you spaghetti. You paper, kind of a- confetti. <laughs> bar, bar. Stop. You logged off. In context? Huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. You logged off because I'm online. Bad. I let you feel like you the shit, but you can't out fart me. (laughs) That's horror. That's rancid. That's bad. That's like old Cole. It has to be. I don't know his discography, but I'm assuming that's old. Tell your old boyfriend to skate because I don't play them X games. Uh... It's just like, how many times has that been done? X like come on that's just like ABC's nursery rhymes tired of coming up short F abbreviated wait hold on that's going over my head tired of coming up short F I got nothing F you like the F word abbreviated oh oh yeah. okay yeah 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 I got the keys to the game 
They try to lock me out. It's a bigger picture, and you can't Photoshop me out. (laughs) (laughs) My hooks could knock Rocky out. You'll never play me like LeBron versus Jordan. I mean, like, come on. You'll you'll never play me like Popeye Jones versus Bones Highland. Like, what? Okay. Yeah. Cold world, but I'm hot as blank. Does that mean I'm bipolar? Bad. I rap. <laughs> I rap like it's Christmas Eve. Mm. So listen, this is like part of it. And I guess I don't know. Maybe like people consider this like why is the best because it's so like. I rap like it's Christmas Eve. Like oh, I get it. Like he raps Chris like it's Christmas Eve. He raps like it's Christmas Eve. I get it. But it's also like. I don't know. That's not like a very. Cr- is it so like is it perfectly is it baseline enough that it makes you think like oh i get it that's kind of fire or in my mind i'm like i rap like it's christmas eve like i feel like i've heard that bar a million times let me just ask you this if hove said that you're getting it tattooed though no if hove said if hove said that in like 93 yeah in 2000 and whatever i'm we're sure it's been said 90 times like no can we do a few more I think you're going to do them even if I said no. So, yeah, go ahead. It hit me like a ton of bricks. No renovation. No. I'm going all out, and I never had a curfew. See, those are are the lines I think that, like, fans who, like, think they're into bars, like, here, and it's like, oh, I get it. Like, he's all out, like, outside. There's no curfew. It's like, oh, I connected dots. I get it. That's hard. But it's also like, I don't know, man. That's like elementary raps to me. I'm going all out and I never had a curve. Like, okay. I'm trying to get beside you like the number nine, Dime. No. No. End the session after that one. No. No strings attached like a cordless phone. I like that. That's funny. I feel like that's been said a million times. It's funny. It's funny. I like it. (laughs) <laughs> i don't know if i could say this one but I, okay I, could, uh, I got you pregnant now inside there's a life in you <laughs> oh my <laughs> people change like the season's been said a million times yeah i mean froze yeah. up like a mannequin coal heating up like that leftover lasagna <laughs> Uh, You're just rattling these off. How many are there? Well, I've, there's like four different posts on Reddit and okay. websites called Boxing, the top 70 worst coal lines. And it's like, okay, this you can't. You know what I mean? Andre 3000 yeah. doesn't have this. Uh, Drake, I can think of a few bad Drake ones off the top of my head. I can think of oh, a really yeah, bad Yeah, he has corny ones too. I don't even really want to get into my Drake J. Cole thing, but. I don't think we'll have time for that. All right, let me do three more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see a cookie, I grab one. That sounds like super hot fire. What the hell? Stop. It rebounds, what? so I caught it off the backboard. Rebounds. I mean, that's just a physical act. That's like a verb almost. I'm picture perfect, baby. You can check the Kodak. No, that's fair. Mm, How many yeah, times I mean, that's, has that that's been valid. done? 
I don't. Maybe it's been done a lot. I don't know. In a game full of liars, it turns out I'm the truth. Uh, no Paul Pierce bars are accepted on this <laughs> podcast, so no. Uh, I caught the vibe like you threw something to me. All right. It's time to log off. <laughs> I just... Well, ladies and gentlemen... It's just not for me. And I want people to know that that is okay. That is okay. Because somebody doesn't like somebody you like, that is fine. Do not let my words, my my dislike for J. Cole uh, upset you. Do not let it change. If you liked me, I hope you still like me. If, if you hate me, I, yeah. still, I hope you still hate me. Like, I hope your opinion on... Everybody has... Music is subjective. You like what you like. Don't listen to what other people say. I have artists that I'm sure other people would think are terrible. It is. Oh, oh, oh. I texted you about this the other night, actually, just to even it out, even even the playing field. I don't mean I don't listen to this guy anymore, but like I would say growing up. Yeah. I texted James the other night and I said, which, by the way, sorry about that. It's pretty bizarre text for you to get at like 1230 the morning your time. Didn't realize what time it was. But I asked him, I said, who is an artist that you listen to that if people knew you would be embarrassed? And what did you say, James? I said it was Asher Roth. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I hope that makes people feel a little bit better. Yeah. I still don't. I don't listen to Asher Roth currently. This was like high school, college. But yeah. No, you don't have to wink. Yeah, that party last night was awfully crazy. I wish we taped it. <laughs> Asher does have some bars, though. Uh, he's Maybe. He's as good as a rapper as J. Cole. But... Um. Yeah, man. Don't listen to me. If you like it, like what you like. I hope this does not ruin your day. I know their Cole fans are very, uh, very, very, very uh, uh, sensitive when it comes to Cole slander. I apologize. Passionate. Passionate. Yes, I'm sorry. Passionate. Um, I just do not like Jay Cole. I feel like it was somebody that I just like quickly grew out of after high school. Uh. But, again, I am glad that there are many who look up to him because he is a better role model than a lot of other rappers out there on the mainstream. So, shout out to Cole. Get that money. Don't worry. Don't listen to me. But, Jago, go get you yeah, some def- friends that listen to the sideline story every day. You need those people in your life. For posterity, it was definitely the most fun I've ever seen you have do a segment on this show. Just for transparency, as somebody who who could see you delivering these bars, you were having a lot of fun doing it. Can I just laughing pretty hard? Can I just do like three more? You get one more, one more. So make it a good one. Can I do three more? You get one more. We've done like fifty. We've been doing this J Cole slander segment for twenty minutes. You get but one like, more. But like I just, I'm just trying to. I think people, <laughs> you've hammered it. You've hammered All it. All right. All right, I get one more. So let me... One more. Do I get to... Can I, like, peruse first? What do you think about J. Cole while I peruse for the right one? Neighbors is a really good song. That's why I moved away. I needed privacy surrounded by the trees in Ivy League. Students that's recruited higher league. Thinking you do you and I do me. Pretty good song. Really good um, melodies in that one. Really like it. Overall, don't have much of an opinion. The Dreamville records I always really like. Um, mainly because, like, J.I.D. is on there. <laughs> I like J.I.D. Uh, yeah, there's been some good, like, Dreamville tracks. Cole is, like, a feature I think is great. Um, the I'm, I'm, I don't know how I'm blanking on the song, the name of the song, but the feature that he did with 21 Savage on the I Am, I Was record was obviously, yeah. like, generational. Um, I don't know about that, but it was a really good song, yeah. 
for people my age, it definitely was. What was that song called? I forgot what it was called. It's a banger, though. It's I'm losing my mind. I can't think. And of the, I want to clarify there. There, there, there are songs that Jay Cloran that I like. I just can't. He just doesn't have a classic album. He has a lot of. He has too many corny bars for Forest somebody. Hills Drive. I mean, to, you already know my criteria for a classic album. If you can only have one or two bad songs. Yeah. And I feel like there's more. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, all right. I don't want to. I don't want to keep harping on it. You're right. <laughs> I have one, but I can't say it on the show. This is we try to keep this family friendly for the most part, so I can't say it on the show. But it is in a, in a song that we have have referenced uh, at some point in this episode, ladies and gentlemen. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars, leave a review, subscribe. If you are feeling generous, if you're listening to this on Spotify, you can also leave five stars. We will catch you guys. In the next one. Cold world. I'm heating up like lasagna. <laughs>